Hey, hello, how are you? Welcome to a, a Pretender to Contender podcast. Welcome. Not sure. Not sure of the episode number. I think it's 40. I think we're out of the 30s. I think we're on episode 40, which sounds like a small number, but when you when you spin it the other way, where you're like, well, that's 40 weeks. That's 40 weeks. There's four weeks in a month. That's 10 months of doing Pretender to Contender. Can you believe that? Does that sound right? It seems way shorter, right? I guess when you've done uh, 80 different podcasts that are all basically almost the same, it can seem uh, it could seem like a short amount of time, but really, it's kind of long. And I love you guys for listening. Thanks so much for wanting this to be part of the uh, podcast that you listen to. I, I don't know what podcast you listen to, but obviously you listen to this one. Uh, hi, the heck are you? Is that even a sentence? How the hell are you? Uh, of course, this is Brian Christopher, who's a uh, guy who lives in my neighborhood here. Go check him out online. Makes really cool music. He's an awesome guitar player. I used to take guitar lessons from this guy. Really fucking good. Brian Christopher. Uh, I think it's BrianChristopher.com or BrianChristopherMusic.com. It's one of those two. If you need any music for your podcasts, hit him up. He'll do it for a fair price. And like I said, the guy can basically do anything. He plays like every instrument. As you can hear, he's a uh, good little uh, acoustic guitar player. He can wail on the electric too. Uh, and I like the new podcast theme. It feels like uh, it feels like a theme, you know. As we uh, as we fade it out here, I really want to uh, talk to you guys, talk to you guys about uh, you know what's going on in the world of me. You know what? But I didn't I didn't do my plugs, and for some reason I always feel like I need music for my plugs. So we forgot those at the beginning. It's pretty simple, real quick. November twenty sixth, I will be doing. Uh, Remember when at the Stress Factory, Stress Factory Comedy Club in New Brunswick, New Jersey, right there off of Exit 9 on the Jersey Turnpike. Haven't been there in a while. I'm doing two shows the day after Thanksgiving, November 26th. Go to JoeMatteries.com for tickets, or you can go to the StressFactory.com. Go check out my TikTok. You can always find me at the TheJoeMatteries. TikTok's, uh, it's doing great doing great it's uh I, i'm closing in on seventy-five thousand followers we're probably by the time this podcast is over i'll be at seventy-five thousand. so just posted a couple of uh, videos that look like they're already doing well so go check me out there and of course i'm on instagram and facebook and all that but tiktok's the one that i'm just blowing that number up i gotta get to like three hundred thousand followers 400 so i gotta get up there and also, if you want these Remember When t-shirts like I'm wearing, the Van Halen throwback, the RW instead of the VH, Remember When jerseys and t-shirts, they're available in like a million colors. Just go to JoeMatteries.com and you can get them. They're, it's a great way to throw back to this free podcast that I put out every week. Okay? JoeMatteries.com for the t-shirts. That's all I wanted to say. So let's fade that out there. Let's fade it, 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 fade it. How are you? How you doing? Welcome to the show. Uh, I guess a lot to talk about. I'm on video right now also as uh, I reset up the video and 
I'll put little pieces up in video and who knows if I love it. I'll put the whole episode up on YouTube. I put the last couple episodes. I put Natalie Cuomo's episode up since everybody likes looking at Natalie Cuomo. Very attractive girl, stand up comedian. Uh, They're all on my YouTube page. Look it up. Subscribe to it. Do whatever you do. As I'm coughing. And I also put up the Nikki Smigs episode. Another guy that's doing real well on uh, TikTok and Instagram. He's got more than me. He's got that whole Italian thing going on. The whole Italian community posted something. uh, Him, you know, he's a big Sebastian Maniscalco impressionists he he does a, a, an insane sebastian to the point where sebastian maniscalco uh played a clip of him doing sebastian while sebastian hosted the uh jimmy kimmel show so that was pretty cool as i'm taking my ugly glasses off to do the rest of the show i won't be able to read but i i will look better and they won't glare into the screen <laughs> so uh a lot to talk about. I guess I, I really wanted to start by talking about the Emelyn gig that I just did this past Saturday. You heard me talk about it probably over the last month in uh, Mamaroneck, New York. Really cool, small 275-seat theater. I'll give you all the positives, and then I'll give you the negatives. Of course, major positive is we basically sold the theater out, so that was really good because they told me they've been struggling they haven't been, they haven't been uh, back open again, you know, since you know before COVID or or COVID, you know. So they've probably been doing shows for only a month now that they've been back. Theaters were slower to come back than the comedy clubs, and um, so that that was the that was a major positive that we sold a lot of tickets. He said that I've sold the most since they've been opened back up again. They've been getting a lot of half half houses, and they do a lot of music. They don't really do a lot of comedy. They do some, but not a lot. And uh, so selling the tickets was great. Having the band was great. Uh, I have this guy, Robert, uh, who's doing the tech for me now, which is fucking great. The guy's unbelievable at it. He does full lights for my show. He does the all the pictures. Anything multimedia he can do. He's actually a musician, too, and he's in a... He's in a um, Pink Floyd and Genesis tribute band. So, he, as he tells me, it's a great <laughs> genre of music to be a tribute band of if you love doing crazy lights and crazy sound. Because Pink Floyd had elaborate schemes, and this guy can do all that shit and loves to do it, right? So that was, that was the major positive, having this guy pimp out the stage. If you know me, you know I love that shit. I love it to look like uh, I'm in concert, not just some plain like white lights on me. But sometimes what I run into is I, I you guys probably know this and how my mind works. I take on too much. And that's what I did do with this show to try to put a band in it and then um, try to do it in a theater. What I probably, you know, you, you learn from your mistakes, though. And what I've learned is. If you're going to do an elaborate one-man show that has, like, a set, we had a minimal set, but a little bit. You know, we had a chair that represented where my grandmom sat with this table and a light by it. And there was a section of the show where I became my grandmom and I did the funny stuff. Um, But when you try to take on this much, 
and you go into a theater and this happened this has been happening to me with some of the theaters you would you th i'm thinking like a play right but it's not it's like a one-off when when they go in and do plays at theaters they don't build a set to do one show right they build a set because they're doing a whole bunch maybe they're doing a week run maybe they're doing a two-week run so they could set it all up in advance and get it all ready. So when I go in there, we don't get to set anything up in advance. And the theater didn't open till 3 o'clock. And the show was at 8. And then doors open for the show at 7.30. And the staff at the theater has to take a dinner break. I think it was from 6 to 7 o'clock. And they won't allow you to keep working on what you're doing what if you're rehearsing if you're doing a sound check if you're trying to set your lights up you got to stop everything um, maybe it's a union rule or it's a union house but there's rules there's rules um, so you learn these things you know you learn why certain guys like louis ck and he was really the first one to start going around the traditional way of doing things and started renting the theaters i think even Bill Bird has done that. You know, they, they rent the venue. When you rent the venue, you don't have to go by as many rules. You can, there's going to be some rules, obviously, because you don't own the venue. You're just renting it. <coughs> so, but if you're renting it, there's not someone over top of you saying you can't do this, you can't do that. So, uh, I'm hoping to get there soon where I can rent it because I, I want to go nuts with it. And, and I, and, I like to get it all set up in advance so I can relax. Like I don't have to I don't want to be in the theater all day setting everything up with the guys, you know, and then having to do the show. I had to take a shower in the theater. That's the first time in my 30-year comedy career that I've taken a sh a shower in the venue. Lots of theaters ha have showers in them and, and and the reason is 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 that that you know especially if the band or whatever the hotel's far from the venue and they got a lot of rehearsing to do during the day they don't have time to go back to the hotel and this is 10 minutes from my house and i still didn't have time to go home i couldn't i would have never made it so to shower it was hilarious <laughs> there was no hot water <laughs> i had to take an ice cold shower in 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 the uh, in the venue and i had it's like i said i never did it it just feels very rat pack like it feels like 50s celebrity shit you know like that sammy davis probably when he went to do uh, a show on tour you know he would uh he looked like a guy that would you know just be in his green room and and decorate the green room the way, and just make it his house for the day you know so i don't want to bore you with this stuff but uh, that's kind of what happened is it was just too much to take on so much. And the next time I do it very one man show, like with this had serious monologues in it. It had two serious moments in the show about my grandma and what she went through in her life, you know, real quick. I mean, my, my, my grandma who rode me hard, my whole career was all over my shit telling me I should have been a welder my whole fucking life just fucking weld you should have weld. why didn't you learn a trade you know that's a very old school Italian grandma right she lived around the block and I just just have to hear it all the time 
And on top of it, if I'd go visit her, she'd be like, why is your beard so, Why I don't like the beard. You should shave the beard. Your hair's gray. Why don't you dye your hair gray? It's too long. You should cut it. Or it's too short. You need to grow it out. I ne there was never like, oh, Joseph, you look good today. I don't think I ever heard that once from my mom, as we said. So there was a whole monologue about her where I kind of realized towards the end where, you know, she had to drop out of school in fourth grade because she was growing up, going through the depression. She had uh, 11 brothers and sisters, right? And she had to work. So she had to drop out to help feed the family with that many kids. And then she lost her youngest brother in World War II, which was tragic, I'm sure. She was 24 years old to lose her younger brother who was 20, must have been horrendous on the family back then. And then uh, she meets my pop-up. He's a hardworking guy with a trade. And, you know, so she had him, and then he passed away young. And then she married another guy, this, uh, Sam. She might, we all, Sammy. Sam was classic. He used to always say to me, Joseph, yeah, yeah. She goes, Grandmom's tough, Joey. She's tough. He used to just constantly say that. She's tough. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I fucking know. I know she's tough. And uh, he was a welder. And she used, they used to always just point at his welding. 50 years in the union, Joey. He had it like in a frame right above the couch in their living room. 50 years in the union. So, you know, there was a whole serious monologue. And um, this... The, the, I had a lav mic. When you do a one-man show, you don't use a handheld. It just would seem weird to do serious acting monologues holding a hand mic. Just not, not, you don't see that, you know? And I, So I, I had them get the, the lav mic, and then the lav mic broke in the middle of the show and just started going, gong, 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 gong. And it was just making all these fucking noises. And uh, I have no hard feelings about the theater, though. Like, I get it. I tried to bring them too much. They bring bands on, you know, and it's easier. The band comes in and sets up, boom, and plays. And now I'm trying to do Billy Crystal's one-man show, 700 Sundays, and try to do it in a three-hour uh, three setup period. It's just ridiculous. So, huh, the end of that story is I look forward to the stress factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey, when no serious monologues. I got to trim the show all the way down to an hour long, get rid of all the serious, keep all the funny, because the funny kills in the show. It does really good, like especially um, the middle, the, I'd say the middle section, the beginning eh, and the end was eh, but the middle, a lot of the jokes, it's very stand y but storytelling with the pictures is where it is, and I, I've said that from the beginning. So that, that's what happens, and, and, and it's hard because I'm not performing as much as I used to. COVID slowed me way down, and it's just starting to pick back up again. It's just starting. I just started working with a new agent, and I'm really excited. That was the reason why I tried to do so much for that show Saturday is he paid for a four-camera four shoot because he wants to get a demo of the show, and he uh, he was filming it. His film crew was there, so, you know, we wanted it to be really good. So, thank God we only need to make a sizzle reel, and we can pull pieces out of that and cut it together with some of my other stuff. So, 
it's starting to come back. It's starting to come back as uh, people are starting to contact me. Do you do private shows? Yes, I do. And they're hiring me. Hey, do you do? When are you going to be in this area? I actually am going to be in that area. It's just slowly happening. So if you ever want to hire me, it, it's always possible. And just contact me off of my website, JoeMatterese.com. <coughs> God. And the other thing I really wanted to talk about today, and the, and the main topic for today's podcast, something cool I'm getting to go do this Thursday. I'm bringing my son with me. Friday's his 14th birthday. And at first I thought he wouldn't want to go, which was uh, this girl Meredith Trotter who used to do some PR work for me in the Philly area. This really sweet woman who's I've hired bunches of times and when I do gigs down there to try to help me sell tickets and do some PR. She contacted me with um, if asking me if I wanted to go to the screening this Thursday at the, I think it's the Philadelphia Film Center of the new re-release and re-edit something Stallone's, Sylvester Stallone's been working on for like two years, which is Rocky Four. He's calling it Rocky versus Drago. It's a re-edit of the whole movie, and they're screening it at the Philadelphia Film Center this Thursday, and she got me free tickets to that. And the real reason I'm going down there is because I could wait to see the movie. Is Sylvester Stallone in person will be doing a Q&A, which I've never been in the same room as Stallone, never met him, never even been anywhere near where he was, and idolized him from a kid, as you guys all know, one of my uh, most uh, guys who inspired me a lot, and and, uh, and the first movie, the first Rocky movie really inspired me, and, I, and the whole story behind it really, I find, just super inspiring. And always wanted to meet him. Not that I'm going to get to meet him. There'll probably be four or 500 people there in this theater. That's what I'm guessing. I've never been to the Philadelphia Film Center. So I got, I ended up getting six free passes. So I'm bringing my son, my brother, my brother's oldest son, who's really close with my son. They're only a year apart. Uh, my friend Gene, that I grew up with, I went to high school with. My friend Mike who I've known since kindergarten, who if you ever saw my one-man show, his brother's picture is in the show. He's the guy that I say was our Damone, and I show a picture of him with no shirt on, with all these gold chains, and I and he has no shirt on and, like, Jordache jeans. And I say that's a look we used to call Italian air conditioning. <laughs> oh, God, classic, classic, Chris. So he was our Damone. Uh, so Mike will be there, the younger, his younger brother that I've been really good friends with since kindergarten. And uh, so that's the, the six of us. And I said to my son, I go, you know, we can just go down there to visit your cousin. And you don't have to come to the screening if you don't want. And he's like, you said Sylvester Stallone's going to be there, right? I'm like, that's what the ticket says. It says live in person. And then I, I even asked Meredith, the PR person, I said, find out from the person that hooked you up with these, is he really going to be there or is this just worded to sound like he's going to be there and he's going to be on a, on a Zoom screen in the theater, which isn't everyone, I don't know if you've been to something like that, but th th they could word it where it says like live in person and it's like, no, 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 he's live, but he's not in person or you know what I mean? They'll be like, no, live and 
in person, but the person is up there on a on a Zoom screen. She's like, no, he's going to be there. So I told my son, yes, he's going to be there. He's like, I'd be so cool. I do want to go. And I said, all right, well, the Friday is your 14th birthday. You're going to have to take off from school because it's a two, two and a half hour drive. We'll go out to dinner. You know, I, I know you love steak. We'll get you some. We'll get you a good steak for your uh, 14th birthday. You'll get to see your cousin. We'll uh, we'll watch their screening, and then uh, boom, Sylvester Stallone will be there. So I put it out there to the fans, mostly the the super fans. I didn't really put it out there on social media this week. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. The 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 question where I'm looking for voicemails didn't do that with this one. Well, so. Uh, what I did do, why is it fucking not on my computer screen anymore, you asshole? Uh, hold on. Hold on, everybody. Hold on. Okay, I just had it up a freaking second ago. Left the computer screen. I need a producer. I need a producer. All right. calls on this one too well man there's a lot of them let me scroll down okay all right sorry about that pause there but i'll leave it in i'll leave it in so i put it out there probably sent it out to about 30 of the super fans hearing what they want you know would want to ask <coughs> sylvester stallone if they could ask him anything at this q a what would your question be and we should probably think right now what my question would be. I am going to be there. I mean, I guess I can steal from you guys and pick one of your questions. But I'm trying to think. You know me. I'm narcissistic. So I'd have to connect it to my own career. Um, I might ask him something about his personal life, maybe. Because he's such a going the distance guy from the first movie. And and now he seems like he's he seems like he's very connected to his family and his wife and kids. Um, it might be interesting to hear how he used that that mindset of going the distance in his personal life, not his career, because we know you've done it in your career. You've always been a super hardworking workhorse. Was there any moment in your personal life or in your marriage now? that's going very well and you've been together and you have a, a great family where you had to bear down. What was it? What, what did you have to do? I think that'd be a cool one to hear him. And as, as I play these messages, maybe we'll, uh, I'll think of another one that I might ask him, but let's start with the uh, first caller here who called in. I think it's Jerry Rowan, one of my regulars. Give him a, give him a play here. Hello, Joe. It's Jerry Rowan from Philly. Uh, what would I ask Sly? It, 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 it's hard. I don't know what I'd ask Sly. Uh, I mean, if I ever had a chance to talk to him, I'd probably just get tongue-tied and wouldn't be able to say anything. But uh, one, one thing I would like to know is why isn't he going to be in Creed Three? I heard he's not going to be in it or involved in it. I'd like to know why. Also, um, why didn't... Why didn't we get a, a Cobra sequel? So there's a couple things I wonder about. 
So long, everybody. Take care. Take care and brush your hair. That's my new favorite TikTok guy to watch. Cougine. Uh, <laughs> you know, Couge? Food by Couge? <laughs> Guy's great. Cougine. Take care, brush your hair. Like a gentleman. My brother and I love this guy. Trying to get him on the podcast, by the way. Sent him a couple of DMs. We'll see. Love the guy. He's blowing up. There's a whole Italian world happening on, on TikTok. Have you guys noticed that? Uh, so, Jerry, to respond to what you said, why he's not in Creed 3, that's a good one. Uh, who knows? Maybe he just needs a break. Maybe he needs a break, you know? Creative people, you know, so at some point it might seem like too much. Like you've done so much of the same thing. You're looking forward to do something different. It could be that or... There's so much timing involved in show business. If when they were going to make Creed 3, if Stallone was unavailable because he's doing some other thing. Which, speaking of which, did that movie The Samaritan ever come out? I remember seeing seeing a lot of trailers for that, and, and it was supposed to come out in the fall. Did they push it back? I don't, I don't know all this Rocky stuff. I'm not like somebody that follows Sylvester Stallone's career every day. I, I pop in when I feel like seeing his stuff. I like his Instagram page, but I'm not like the insane, insane super fan of the guy. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. And then Cobra, I mean, he probably didn't make a second Cobra. I hate to say this because, you know, I do love Stallone, but C Cobra was one of his shitty movies. Like you, you don't, you don't make a sequel to one of your movies that doesn't do well in the box office and kind of stinks, right? You're not going to see Stop Mom or I'll Shoot Two, right? They didn't make a sequel to that, right? Stop Mom or I'll Shoot Two, Tango and Cash Two. Did that happen? I doubt it. All right, Jerry. I think you got another question here. And I, and I remember listening to it. This is a really interesting question that Jerry has here that connects to something outside of the question. And I really liked it, so I'm going to play it. Second question from Jerry. Hey, it's Jerry. And again, it breaks up a little. I guess I didn't really ask a whole lot for the Rocky conversation. But I did do something this weekend with my wife that I thought might be interested to you and, and some of your listeners. My wife and my wife Courtney and I saw Louis C.K. Thursday night at, at the Keswick Theater, which is uh, you know right outside of Philly, about a half hour away from us. And uh, it was interesting, man. I'll tell you, I've been a fan of Louis, but uh, obviously things things with him I got real quiet because he had people all the time. Really funny way I was known, and we didn't know we would see protesters, which we didn't, but. Uh, Anyway, it was a great show, and Louie was funny, but he had um, two openers. One was a girl from a New York comic, well, I can't remember, but she wasn't that funny, and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus anyway. But what's really interesting about the night is that his second opener was Bobby Kelly. And I'm familiar with Bobby Kelly. I've heard him on radio shows like uh, Opie and Andy and a bunch of podcasts. He's always been funny, but I had no idea that he was going to be as funny as he was. He had the entire audience belly aching, roaring, laughing the entire time he was on stage. And I'm, I'm telling you, he got bigger and louder laughs than Louie. Now, I'm not saying Louie wasn't funny. He was. But uh, Louie's probably still working his stuff out. It's 
certainly not as good as like his other five or six specials, whatever they are. So almost they were all very funny. Funnier than he was Thursday night. Again, he was funny, but I was blown away by Bobby Kelly. Uh, I didn't know how, that he was that funny. Anyway, I was wondering what you might think about all that. Take care, Joe. Take care. Go on. Well, it's that's a re- it was really interesting for for many reasons what you just said because um, there's a lot of stuff about stand up comedy as in any job that the regular person doesn't know. Um, so let me break that down for you because you say you went to see Louis K- C K at the Keswick Theater. Okay, now Louis's been off the charts for a little while, long while. Uh, I don't know how much stand-up Louis is out there doing right now. He might be new to coming back, right? And and then you got a guy. Now, I know Bobby Kelly. And Bobby's been fucking killing it for like, I don't know how many years now that I've had. I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, wow, Robert Kelly got so funny. I saw him recently. Non-comedians. And they were just really impressed with him. And Bobby works the stand-up muscle a lot. He has got the tons of stage time. So it's similar like the story I told you earlier. Like, I have to go out and do a 90-minute show with a band. And why I added too many pieces to a show that I'm not solid enough as a performer right now because of COVID. I didn't have many sets. So when I'm going out there, like, I don't even know my shit. When, when you're trying to do a 90-minute show at a theater, <laughs> people don't realize that I'm, I'd say, uh, maybe a quarter, not half of the show. One quarter of the show was stuff I've never said. Like, that's way too much stuff to be saying in a show that you've never said before. A quarter of the, a whole quarter of the show is shit you've never done ever? Uh, and some of these will go, well, why weren't you out there doing it? It's not that fucking easy. You know, there, there just aren't that many gigs. And I did learn a lesson. Like I said, I learned from it because that show I had Saturday, I knew I hadn't been on stage in a while. So I got myself a couple of spots in New York city the night before at the comic strip. The comic strip's always kind to me. They usually have fallouts. I'll end up getting paid or I'll just go do guest spots. So, uh, I ran some stand-up, but I mean, I only did 15-minute sets, two shows in a row on Friday night, and then I have to go do 90 minutes alone the next night on my one-man show. It it was just too much of a tackle. So you might have caught Louie doing that. And the other thing that people don't realize behind comedy, and Jerry, you're, you're in music, so you probably totally get it. Imagine if your band had to go on after a band with a louder genre of music, right? And now Robert Kelly, I don't know if you, if you know unless he changed his whole style of comedy. He's loud, he's fast, he's goofy, he's this overweight guy. And speed and timing have a lot to do with comedy. Um, if I don't know why Louis C.K. would want to bring a guy like Robert Kelly to go in front of me. Like, there's comedians. You got to know what you do. I guess Louis thinking I'm famous. Who gives a shit? 
who goes in front of me, they're all there to see me, which is true. But if someone is doing a way different um, speed, it can be hard to follow, even though they're just as funny. Like, if you would have just saw that girl and Robert wasn't on the show, so it's the girl who you said wasn't that funny, and then J Louis comes out right after her, Louis going to seem fucking incredible. Because she was like, eh, you said. She's probably newer. She had the first spot, which is really hard to do good in the first spot. They're cold, right? So Robert also got the cush spot, they call it, in the middle. When you're, you're in a cush spot, you don't have to close it out. You don't have to open it and go on when the crowd's not warmed up. And he got to follow a girl that didn't do that good, right? So it makes him do, it makes him do great, which he, he probably could do great in any spot. But it makes him do even better. Because she struggled, and then he comes out there, and he's a ball of fucking energy, right? Um, like I'm saying, I think Louie and I actually have a, a similar cadence. I'm probably a little slower, but, you know, Sebastian Maniscalco has a very slow cadence. So, like, you wouldn't want to see Dane Cook and then see Sebastian Maniscalco. It, he would have trouble going on after that speed. Maybe now, when he's super famous... It was the crowd's all there to see him, but it would still take him a little bit of time. I'm guessing Louie might have not done so good at the beginning and maybe the crowd started to get used to his style, but he's like jazz. Louie's a, like a jazz comedian and Robert Kelly is like heavy metal. It's like, -na 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 -na. it's like, -na 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 -na. it's like, motherfuckers. And it's probably, he's probably dirty. He's loud. And like I said, he's he's got a lot of energy up there. So uh, that's that's probably what happened. I guarantee it's like what I said at the theater. I go, if I would if I would have had another show right after the first one, I would have known everything to change and I would have been able to change it. I, I've been put on shows before where. They, the the pl the place that books it has no idea about that. They don't even know. So they had like I remember I was in uh, Atlantic City, uh, Gotham Comedy Club has a club that they book. Gotham in New York City has a club they book. It's more like the the Music Box Theater. They book it in the Borgata, and they'll put three comics on and you all do twenty minutes. And the first guy has to bite the bullet because they're ice cold when he goes on. And then the second guy has the cush spot. And then the third guy has to close it out with 20. And they always would make me go last every time I ever did that gig. But the, and, and I haven't been there since the last time. And I still wonder if I got like a bad report. It was me and this other con. I, I, I can't, I don't, I don't want to say names, but it was hard for me to follow him. His, style was faster than mine and he was bigger and more animated than me and uh it was a bad mix and I, and I did bad the first show you do like I think you do one show a night for like four nights in a row right and I did I did bad and I never I always did really good there so I called the booker <laughs> this is probably something you shouldn't do and I said you should flip-flop us I shouldn't be closing this one I think he should be last, and I should be second. Not that he's better than me. It's just different. It's not like Robert Kelly is better than Louis C.K. It's just different, and then certain things can throw it off, you know? It's like, it's even like, I connect things to sports. 
connects connect things to sports. Imagine if there was a pitcher in there that like threw really good slow curveballs, and then you brought in Nolan Ryan who can bring it at like 101 miles an hour. It would seem like it was going so fucking fast after the guy who's throwing these slow arcing curves that it would seem even harder to hit if you faced that guy. But if you faced him enough, you'd adapt and get used to it. That's how comedians are. We can adapt. Oh, Robert Kelly's loud. Uh, maybe I need to say some sort of disclaimer when I walk on stage. I got to go, oh, man, give it up for Robert. He fucking destroyed. Thanks a lot, Robert. Way to go. And it connects you to the show, right? It connects you to the crowd. They get it, that you're a real person. There's little tricks that we learn. I threw myself in the hole with my Emelyn show. This was a bad move on me. I had the band behind me, and the lighting tech guy had the idea, and I listened to him because the screen that we project all of our images on, it went all the way down to the floor of the stage, and... Uh, there was no room in front of the screen. If I was to put the band in front of the screen, I would have had three feet of room to walk, and that's it. So his executive decision was, because we could have put the screen halfway down, right? But then we couldn't get the images to fit, right? So we, we ended up putting it all the way down to the floor, and the band was behind the screen, and we just never saw them. The audience didn't see them. It made it just look like, when you go to a play and there's an orchestra pit and the band's playing, but you never see them, they were behind the screen. It looked great on stage from a filming aspect, but as a performer, it made me disconnected from my band, the whole reason I wanted a band up there. It's fun having a band. You can talk to them. In the, if you forgot your next joke for a second, and then boom, you think of it, and then you start doing it after you fuck with the guitar player for a second. It humanizes you, and it's fun to have a band there and look at them. And they, these guys are funny. They were all going to be on mic. They could have said funny things. You put them behind a screen, they're useless now. They're invisible. That was that was a mistake for me. I'm, I'll never hide the band ever again. But I also do the show with a DJ more of the time than I do it with a band. So my tech guy does the music and all that stuff for it. But that's boring. You don't need to hear about that. So that's my thoughts. I mean, I, I thought that was a great question, uh, Jerry, because of uh, I love comedy like questions like that. And feel free. Ask those all the time. People listening and the number it's open 24 hours a day, every day. It's a voicemail just for the show. 951-298-9899. If you notice anything from your week, anything you've witnessed, anything you want to talk about. Leave it on the voicemail number, 951-298-9899. Let's get to the next one. Let's see who we got here. Joey Joe, what's going on? It's Arnold from South Jersey. You remember me from Enchante Days. What's going on? I heard you're going to be talking to Stallone Thursday, and you'd like to know what. Well, I'm not really going to be talking to him, Arnold. I, I got to be honest. I'll be one of 500 people. If I raise my hand high enough and I have a great question, I'll try to get it in. <laughs> People would ask. Well, you know me. You know I love Rocky. You know I could probably do one and two word for word if I so chose. But I've never watched really a Rambo film. I've watched a lot of other Stallone films like him as an actor. Not a Rambo-type guy. But since both of them have been such a large part of his life, I'd like to know, to ask Sly, if he had to get rid of one of them and have never done one of them, 
Would he have never done John Rambo? Or would he have never done Rocky Balboa? Ask him that for me. Let me know what he says. Hope you're having a good one. Later. Oh, come on. Arnold, that's an easy question. You think he didn't want to do Rocky Balboa? No. He loves doing that character. And people loved him in that. I don't know why he wouldn't want to not do that. Do you mean you mean the sixth Rocky? Or do you just mean the character Rocky Balboa? I, I don't know what you're saying. You're asking him if he's if he loved doing Rambo. I I'd say it would be, he would probably say it's a tie that he you know. I think he loves that Rambo character. He's pretty proud of that franchise. It's another one that's a franchise. That's why they make sequels. You know, I mean, granted, you might love a character even though it didn't make money. But I don't know. That that that, that depends what drives you. Are you driven by money? Or are you are you artistically driven? It's a good question, though. That'd be a good one to ask him. Let's uh, let's go up. Let's go up as I'm blind without my glasses on. Hey, this is Bill from New Rochelle. I'm just calling to ask Sly Stallone um, if he could list out the fighters from all the Rocky movies that he thinks, in order, are the toughest. Realistically, I know it's a movie, but, you know, Drago versus Clever Lang versus Apollo Creed. I got to go with Drago first, Clever Lang second, and Apollo third. But I'm curious what Sly thinks of that. Another great question. Bill, New Rochelle, I like that question. Huh. Who were his tougher opponents? Drago, Clubber, Lang, Apollo Creed. Hmm, jeez. He probably, he might say Drago, especially because he's plugging that movie, this movie, right now. If you ask him, he'd probably say Drago. Drago is a hard one. That's a tough question because they are, they are characters. They're not real. So it's like, how do you know who's tougher and why? I mean, I mean, it'd be interesting to hear him talk about the different styles. Uh, I would definitely say the best character on screen verbally was Apollo Creed, right? That was fun. It was very Muhammad Ali-like, you know, and I loved Muhammad Ali, and I still love Muhammad Ali. So uh, I, that was the most entertaining character for me, was Apollo Creed in the first two. So let's go to the next one. Joe, it's your dad. My dad. <clears throat> you asked about a question to ask Sylvester. Asked him, if you could have been anything else besides an actor, what would you have been? Thank you. Bye. Well, I probably know the answer to that one, Dad. That's Dad, Bill Matarese there. Because uh, my dad probably doesn't realize this. Sylvester Stallone paints. He's a painter. He's an artist. Uh, he's made a lot of really great artwork. He probably would have been an artist, right? Um, which he is. So, I mean, I don't. If I want to get really intricate with your question, I'd have to answer it slightly different because he does do painting. So if you're asking if there was something that he doesn't do that he wishes he could have done besides be a filmmaker or, or an actor, uh, I don't know. I don't because I don't know all of his hobbies. I know he plays golf. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he wishes he could have been really great at or. Is it's pursuing something else that he is good at? Like, what would he have pursued besides that? Because he's good at this. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe the guy's a great chef. or uh, 
My guess it's going to be something artistic because he's an artsy guy. Good question. Thanks for calling in, Dad. I don't think my dad's ever called in before, has he? I lost my place. I lost my place. No, I didn't. There it is. Okay. Hi, this is Tony from Boston, Mass. Um, I have a question. Um, if there was a question, I would ask Sylvester Stallone. The question would be, with all his movie success, and I know that he's written for like TV and executive produced, would he ever consider starring in a TV series? Another great question. Tony Moschetto, comedian friend of mine from Boston, who I haven't seen in a while. I love fucking Tony. Jesus, Tony. I hope you're well, du- I hope you're well, buddy. Love you, du- love you, dude. Um, and you were the one that first said Italian air conditioning, by the way. I will give you credit for that. I use that line in my show when we show the guy with the shirt off, and I say that's a look we called Italian air conditioning, and I meant me and you. We used to call it. You said it first, and then we used to just say it all the time. We lived in Astoria, Queens together. I think we once took our shirts off because my air conditioning was broken. <laughs> and we rolled the windows down, and you go, this is Italian air conditioning. I'll never forget it. Uh, if you use that on stage somewhere, I'll take it out of my one-man show. Uh, and uh, <laughs> But it's fucking funny. Um, geez. So it just made me laugh so much. I'm like, what the hell was Tony's question again? If he ever would um, act in a TV show. I want, Well, I don't know. I know he's making the prequel to Rocky, and he's trying to sell it to Netflix. I don't know if they bought it. And there's going to be all different characters playing the young versions of all the characters. I don't know if he's going to be in that show, would it make sense, right? Because he is Rocky. So why would he be in it if there's a younger Rocky? So he should, now that, now that television is so much better than it ever was now with all these streaming networks, I mean, that would be another, a, a good question for another week would be to ask, are there any shows on mainstream television that are not streaming network television shows that are really awesome? Cause I can't remember the last time I watched a show on network television that I was like, it's a, this is a show I got to keep watching. The last one, I think, was Seinfeld. Like, what show since then is so good? Like, and, and I always disagree, like, because my dad watches a lot of, you know, regular network television, and I just can't. Like, I can't even watch a commercial anymore, you know? On a side note, I'm watching this... Uh, this new show about the UFC fighters. I mean, it's not new. It's been out. The Navy Street Gym show. What's it called? Anybody know it? I always call it fandom, and it's not fandom. That shows my learning disability. I have the wrong word in my head. It's something dumb. <laughs> Kingdom. Yeah, there it is. Kingdom. Kingdom's good, man. Good acting in that show. There's actually an actor in it. His last name's Tucker. This guy, remember, he was in my acting class in L.A. He must have been like 13 when he was in my acting class. And he was great then. And now he's like got a huge part in uh, in this Kingdom show. He plays the, I don't know, they all, they're all fucking ripped. He's the guy with the big, long, fat sideburns, a little bit of the beard that has more of a connection with their mom, who's a heroin addict and a, and a prostitute. Um, 
I don't forget his character's name on the show because I've watched three episodes now. I'm really getting into it. Recommend that one, everybody out there. Go watch Kingdom. Uh, I don't know where you can find it. I don't know what network. I have it on some Plex app where I'm getting it illegally, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. So, yeah, I think he'd be great in a TV show, Tony. He should definitely uh, look into that. Now, he's probably, there's probably, he's probably getting stuff offered to him. People would watch him. Hey, Joe. It's Matt from outside Philadelphia calling. I got two questions for Sylvester Stallone. Number one, I'm dying to ask about the workout routine in the movie when Drago is in indoors and nice high-tech workout environment, and Rocky's out working out in the snow, carrying logs on his shoulders, walking through knee-deep snow. So I'm curious about that whole routine. But the second question is more important. Sylvester, at what point in time did you get Brigitte Nelson? Was it before the movie, during the movie, or did you conquer Brigitte after the movie? I'm just curious about the romance that you had with her as well. Uh, anyway, that's it, Joe. Hope you're doing well, and uh, we'll talk soon. Conquer her. That'd be a great little parody. Is you know that end where he, after all that he comes out and he just yells Drago if he, on the mountain with the leather with the fur collar. If he was just going Brigitte, oh, I conquered you. You know, <laughs> conquered her. That would be a great question. Oh man. Um, <laughs> Yes, and that that workout that workout thing. I always thought that he got that kind of from George Foreman, because I saw I saw a newer documentary on George Foreman. I mean, it's not new, but a documentary on him, and he used to do that. He would go out into the fucking woods and train, right? And so did so did Tyson. You know, they did that. So he just went further with it, and then wrote it. You know, it fit perfect with the whole. Russian and to go to Russia and be out there in the snow is fucking you know that one just a perfect uh perfect way to achieve that all right go to the next one Sly in real life do you think Brigitte Nielsen could kick your ass <laughs> I can't tell who that was I see the area code so you're, you're Westchester. You live around here. I can't tell who that voice was, but that's a fucking great one. I be- <laughs> She might be able to, because what's freaking Stallone? 5'5", five, 5'6", five, 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 max. What's she, about 6'1"? Six, six, I never looked up her specs. What's the reach? <laughs> She's definitely got reach on them. That would have been a good one to see them in the ring together. Brigitte. How was it a pre-celebrity rehab, Brigitte, or post? She's sober now. Is she all better? I think she is, right? Uh, I I wonder if he's friendly with her, or he still like has odds with her. That'd be a good question to ask too. I like that one. If I got a chance Thursday night to ask a question, so far, <laughs> that's my fun. That's a funny one to ask. Do you think you could take Brigitte Nielsen? <laughs> I like that one. That's my favorite one so far. It's the funniest. All right. Let's see. Hey, would you ever... Ah, I'm redoing that. During the filming of Tango and Cash, did you ever have 
the urge to punch Kurt Russell in the face. <laughs> what makes you think Kurt Russell's a real pain in the ass? Is that known about him? Because I think the opposite. I think Kurt Russell must be the greatest guy ever. I mean, maybe because I loved him so much as Herb Brooks in Miracle, which I still say to this day, one of the most underrated acting performances is Kurt Russell as Herb Brooks in Miracle should have at least been nominated for an Oscar. And you might say, oh, it's a little bit of a cheesy movie. It's not an artsy movie. His acting and portrayal of that character is so well done and so dead on that I don't know how nobody noticed that I mean sure people notice it we notice it the fans but it's like how did that I love to know what was up against him that year <laughs> but punch Kurt Russell uh, maybe I need to read up on it is did Stallone not get along with Kurt Russell I don't know I bet they're friendly all right, last question, everybody. Last question. It's the great Ron Poliquin. Let's see what he's got. Good old Ron Poliquin, Dover, Dover Law Offices. Joe, Ron Poliquin, Sly Stallone, what would I ask him? I would ask him about two subjects. One, the movie Over the Top. How, in retrospect, what do you think about that movie? And although not a cinematic masterpiece by any stretch, I find the movie very watchable, very enjoyable. It's almost like, you know, going to McDonald's and getting a Big Mac every now and then or the McRib once a year. You know it's not that great. Dude, I just homaged the character from over the top where he flips the hat around. Get the whole, I just flipped my hat around. I'm going to spin your question back because I really want to get into this. I love this it's one. It's almost like, you know, going to McDonald's and getting a Big Mac every now and then or the McRib once a year. You know it's not that great, but if there's something about it that's just fucking delicious. Um, also, I would ask him about wait, him watching. Wait a second. <laughs> Did you just compare over the top to getting a McRib? That's fucking <laughs> hilarious. That's such a great comparison. Oh, my God, Ron. That one's one of your best. I love that. that it's like getting... Because you're right. You're like, eh. But then you go, you go get it. There is something about that McRib. If you've ever seen me when I was on the Chelsea Lately show back on E! They did a whole bit about the McRib. And they brought like a thousand McRibs on the stage. And everybody was making jokes. And typical me, I was eating a McRib. And I was like, I don't, you guys are doing jokes. These things are good, like on camera. And I wasn't lying. It got a huge laugh. They're good. I hear you, dude. Well, you're making me want to watch Over the Top. Watching, uh, him working with Terry, Terry Funk and what Terry Funk was like. Terry Funk was a pro wrestler, uh, interesting dude. Did a couple movies with Terry Funk. Terry Funk was also in Roadhouse. Anyways, those are the two topics I would ask him. I realize this is very late. I'm hoping that Joe goes back to his old ways and is procrastinating about the podcast. Anyways, man, I'll be in Christiana at a satellite viewing a Rocky Four, So I won't see you in Philly, but I will be there in spirit. See you, man. Yeah, they're doing satellite, uh, doing satellite versions of this, which uh, 
makes me think that he definitely is going to be there in person if they're shooting it out satellite. He's going to be in one place filming it, and then they're going to be showing the movie in other theaters and then showing the Q&A on the screen because they'll be filming it while we're in Philly. So he should be there. Uh, great questions, Ron Pollock. When a great question by, by everybody there. I love the Brigitte one. It's funny. I'm trying to think what was the best serious question. Tony Moschetto, that was a, a great serious question, you know, like if he would ever do a television show um, and has he ever been presented it and what would it take to get him to um, star or at least have a part because he's been fantastic in some things that he just had a part in, right? I mean, uh, one of my favorite things is Copland and he's so good in it. He's this pathetic side character and some of his best acting work is when he does that and that's what he did in the creed movies you know he was kind of a side character and it was really good so he'd be a great character in, in a show and would he ever just character act that's a great question um by tony moschetto boston comedian go look him up everybody i mean geez this was a fun episode i hope you liked it I hope you liked it. This I enjoyed it. I had a good time talking to you. I hope the uh, I hope whoop ooh that music came in hot. I hope uh, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Clap for Ozzy. He's sitting on the couch right by me right now, and he, he didn't he didn't snore too loud. It was great. Keep following me on all the social media at the Joe Matteris. Go follow me on TikTok right now. 75,000 followers and growing. Uh, November 26th, if you want to go to New Brunswick, New Jersey to see me do the stand-up version of Remember When with my unbelievable lighting guy, which I'm, I'm pick He has, like, lasers and shit. I'm expecting lasers and full smoke to do the roller skating bit. The Friday, the 26th of November, the day after Thanksgiving, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Go to JoeMatterese.com or StressFactory.com. If you want those Van Halen throwback Remember When Tour t-shirts, they're pretty cool. I'm wearing one right here. See it? Pretty basic. Uh, all colors, they come in all sizes, and there's also a jersey version of it that has the three-quarter jersey sleeves on it. I think it's black in the body with white sleeves or gray sleeves. Both available, JoeMatterese.com. And that's about it, everybody. Keep listening to the podcast and, you know, keep recommending it. Tell your friends about it. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for, for liking me. I appreciate it. Little Brian Christopher.